So research in this job is absolutely critical. My producers and I spend many hours every day scouring the World Wide Web, scouring the Stock Exchange News Service, um, talking to people, getting in touch with people, learning more about industries and truly immersing ourselves and really taking one for the team is what we do. So this morning, in honor of uh, this particular interview, I went and had myself a Marce- myself because there were two of me. Um, I went and had myself a Marcel's smoothie. Marcel's frozen yogurt. Nicole Westwick is the managing director at Marcel's. Um, are you impressed with my research? I, I went and I did the research. Yes, I'm surprised that you chose the smoothie, though. Most people would go for a soft serve cone or an English toffee tub or some fudge <laughs> topping. My, my body is my <laughs> temple. Um, who was Marcel? So Marcel was the founder of the of the brand. And um, he had sold the business off after um, quite a few years um, to a foreign investor. And, um, yeah, the foreign investor put um, funds into the business and it expanded over the last 11 years. Who was the foreign investor? Um, So I was told not to ask this, so I'm asking it. Oh, (laughs) it's no secret. (laughs) It's on our website. (laughs) So um, the owner of Mossels is uh, Amanachi. Um, Who? Amanachi. Um, he is a sheikh. He lives in Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah. What does a Saudi sheikh want to do with frozen yogurt in Africa? This is the interesting bit. It's, it's a very special story, actually. Um, so he travels the world and he loves food and desserts and he's in hospitality. And um, he visited South Africa and um, visited and tried one of the Marcel's frozen yogurts, and he fell in love with the product. He fell in love with um, uh, the quality and the experience in our store and with uh, the product and his family. They were blown away. Um, They've tasted frozen yogurt worldwide, um, I think predominantly in America, and um, he's never tasted a product like it. So he wants to find out more. It was like there was a 1970s American TV ad for Remington or one of yes. these things. I like the shaver so much I bought the company. A bit like that. I think <laughs> if we could all. <laughs> so um, it's a very special story. He um, bought into the business um, as a partner. Does that make Marcel's then a global business? I mean, does, has he like it enough to take it into the Middle East? That's the vision for the brand. It is. We have stores in Jeddah. Um, and You've got to keep the family happy yes, that, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise they're going to have to emigrate Yes, yes. No, well, um, you know The vision for the brand is a global brand um, He um, has a passion for the brand He loves the product um, And yeah, my task is to take the brand out there How many so, outlets have you got in South Africa? We've got uh, 24 outlets um, Partly franchised and uh, corporate stores I mean, and you've been around for a long time It's a, it's a what, 30? 30 years this year and, yeah. and, that, and brands that want to globalize Tend to grow faster than that um, have, have you sort of flexed a bit? Have you been bigger than 30 and have come back a little bit? Because the, yeah. the frozen yogurt market Sort of seemed to balloon And then quickly contract Contract, yes yeah. So I do believe Marcel's has stood the test of time um, 30 years um, and and we are seeing good growth, even given the economy and the struggles in the last few years with all the entrants in the market the last five or five and eight years ago. Um, and we continue to grow and see that growth and demand for our product. Um, I think the secret is the consistency in our product, our offering and what we do um, as costs increase and so forth. 
We don't compromise our brand and quality. Because you've also managed to transcend the retail aspect as well. Because you yeah. can, I mean, it's not only just a, a quick service uh, offering a, as yeah. a treat. I yeah. mean, you, you, you're in the fridges of the pick and pays of the world. You, 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 you've managed to get that sort of footprint too. Yeah, we've got, and that footprint has grown over the last three years. We've taken that footprint through Africa. We've also got a store in Botswana. And through Africa, us. we have a store in Botswana. Huh? Um, yeah, yeah, no, no. Let me share more. We've got a store. Do. We've got a store in Botswana, and we have our pack product in seven African countries. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, is that a transportability issue? Because I mean, the cold chain is absolutely critical when it comes to delivering something yeah. like a frozen product. Yes. Do you manufacture here and then export, or do you have? We manufacture. Elsewhere? We manufacture here and export. So cold chain distribution channels are critical for that, and that will also slow down your expansion. For us, we're very careful and who we part. With, yeah. And it's a difficult part of the QSR market because you're in the treats space. You, you're not in the. I've yes. done, you know, the, the last guy who had McDonald's, you know, for, for 30 days in a row oh. didn't end up being very well. But there's at least variety on a menu. Um, yes. When Natasha Sideris of Tasha's decided to go into the restaurant trade for herself, mm-hmm. she looked at it and said, well, I'm, I'm Greek. I could do Greek, but yeah. nobody goes to Greek twice a week. But if you've got a broad and general menu, yeah. you might get people coming in once or twice a week, three, four times a month. With something like Marcel's, it's very focused. It's you know like going for an ice cream, except it's yeah. frozen yogurt. Yes. Um, but it's not somewhere where you're going to have breakfast two or three times a week or going yeah. to have lunch a couple of times a week. It's, it's, you know, no, it's that occasion. It's, yeah, it's not a destination. It's more an impulse buy, um, but we or research. Yeah, we we've um, you know we've got uh, we've built a, a strong. I believe Masals is a strong brand. Uh, frozen yogurt. Our customers know what they are going to get when um, they come past. They they go to the mall. It becomes part of their shopping pattern. They get their Masals when they're finished, or they buy their Masals when they enter the mall. Um, you know, and they always feel good when they leave the store. Always. Yes. Every time. Um, well. her, her name is Nicole Westwick. She is the managing director of Marcel's. It's a 30-year-old South African brand. Um, and it has got foreign direct investment with a shake, Nicole. Um, he liked it so much he bought the company. Uh, we're talking about the, the, the frozen yogurt business in South Africa. It was interesting. Kevin Hedewick put frozen yogurt into the big scale, into the big league when he was chief executive at Famous Brands. And it was going to be the next growth thing. And then it sort of fizzled. Um, and uh, what was it called? Uh, Wackerberry. Wackerberry. Yeah. There was Wackerberry. There were a bunch of them. Yeah. Are there many of these things around anymore? Um, and yeah. maybe the seasonality of yeah. the frozen treat is what the problem is with that sort of business. Marcel's has managed to weather those cycles and, mm. uh, and has, has got a, a, a flourishing business. But also, why go and freeze yogurt? It's perfectly good as it comes out of the cow. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> This is the yogurt show, the money show. Uh, we're talking frozen yogurt this evening. We're talking to Nicole Westwig, who is the managing director at Marcel's. Uh, frozen yogurt as a concept, as a global concept, where does it originate? What are the origins of somebody who took milk from a cow, uh, then took the curds and whey and made yogurt and thought, oh, that's nice. I know what we should do now. Let's stick a stick into it and freeze it. <laughs> I mean, at what point did that happen? That would be terrible if you did do that, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yogurt's been around probably for 5,000 years, ever since people have been milking domesticated animals. Yeah. People have been you know, yeah. fermenting milk in different ways yeah. and, and creating different products. Yeah. So my, um, uh, I understand that it, it really comes from America. There was some innovation there. Um, I don't know how the 
they stumbled across it and how exactly it was originated or originated from. But um, I can share with you that um, freezing a yogurt is no not a frozen yogurt. Um, it's a very long process, a very specialized process to make a real frozen yogurt. Okay, recipe, so. please. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that's what. Um, so, uh, is frozen yogurt yogurt, or is it just? It's a. It is aerated yogurt. It goes through a special process, and uh, the stabilizer components are very important in the product. Um, so, our product process, manufacturing process, can take up to two days in the factory before, um, only after the third or fourth day do we dispatch to the stores. So how's it then different from an ice cream process? Um, Because you're both using the same basic raw ingredient, which is milk. So ice cream uh, um, does not have all your um, cultures. It doesn't require aging as your yogurt would. So you can do an ice cream base. You can do in two to three hours. Um, Your yogurt will take up to 30 to 48 hours. So why Um, not just make ice cream? It sounds like hard work. Um, uh, so, uh, frozen yogurt is special. Ice cream is ice cream. So we do make ice cream for um, under different labels. Um, we've got a dairy factory in Stellenbosch. Okay. Um, so we've got a lot of we do um, got a lot of diversification in our offering. But the Marsal's brand is a truly it's a frozen yogurt brand. We will not do um, ice cream under the frozen yogurt brand or um, you know non dairy options. But we do offer that in other brands. Okay. So you got yeah. to do okay. So it's a diversified mm. model because one mustn't think that Marsal's is just Marsal's. So you will do white labouring. White labouring, white labelling then for retailers, um, and uh, in, the, in doing that, you will then produce ice creams and things like that out that's, of that same facility. That's it, yeah. I mean, how hard a job is it? I mean, when KFC went into Nigeria and Nando's went into Nigeria, they had to try and secure chickens um, of the right quality and the right quantity in order yeah. to be able to run businesses in yeah. in that market. How hard yeah. is it to run a dairy, dairy. manufacturing business in it's, South Africa? You know, um, your food safety standards are very important. Um, you need to ensure that you comply with all the regulations that you've got good stringent food safety controls in your facility your milk um, your milk uh, raw milk um, suppliers um, you've got there's so many regulations and that you need to comply with um, so you don't just decide that you're going to open a dairy factory there's uh, there's a lot of research that goes into it and a lot of work a lot of effort we've got a lot of team members on that uh, qualified microbiologists and food technologists and so forth so um, in finding and sourcing milk and so forth that's also quite tricky you need to obviously secure your volumes you need to forecast you've got a seasonal product you need to find a farmer that's going to be adaptable to that with the volumes Mm. yeah, so no, it's not, it's definitely not easy. <laughs> no, I was, I was just I, I did some stories the yeah. other day on butter, um, and oh. and just working out, you know, looking at clovers butters and trying to work out why they are fifty percent more expensive than many of the imported butters. Mm. You can get butter at shop right from Ukraine. Of all places, yeah. like 50 bucks for 500 grams, whereas you're paying for Moy River and uh, the other Clover brand, 75 bucks for, for 500 grams. Yeah. And going, hold on a second, are we being ripped off? Or what are the dynamics of the dairy industry in South Africa that you can import a block of butter from a million miles away, subsidized, yeah. understandably, yeah. Um, but into our market where mm. uh, you know, profit margins seem to be quite healthy and quite yeah. fat, yeah. just like butter? Um, I think that's very much supply and demand on the butter and the local prices. Um, there was a butter shortage in South Africa. 2017. There was global yeah. shortage in, yeah, 2017, in 2017. But we yeah. should have recovered and we yeah. haven't. Yeah. So prices have come down. I mean, um, prices went up to 130 odd rand a kilo. Where they've come down to around 80 rand a kilo. Um, if you look at 
market trading prices, um, or you know that we would then as a supplier purchase at. So um, yeah, so I I can't answer that. I mm. think no, uh, no, but, uh, but you haven't diversified into that section of the market. You're not going to cheeses. You're not doing no, what the do. Simonsbergs and the others. Yeah, did. well, we do. We are affected by a lot of things like the butter crisis and so forth. Um, our ice creams that we manufacture, we um, do real dairy products in our facility, and the butter fats we use butter. Because you've, you got, you've got to, I mean, and yeah. this is one of the arguments I've heard, mm. is that South Africa, we, we're a whole milk country. We like mm. to drink full-fat milk. Mm. Um, very few people like to drink the 2% milks yeah. and the, the low-fat milk. So in order to serve your full-fat milk market, you then yeah. don't have the luxury of taking the fat out. Yeah, which is where you get the the fat the sh- for for the butters for and the, the yogurts butter and the cream and yeah, mm. that's it. Yeah. I mean, and so do yeah. we have a shortage? I mean, is there an agricultural opportunity for us? Yeah, well, I don't believe there's a butter shortage, um, you know, um, at the moment. There was, um, and um, that pushed the price, prices up, um, but the prices are back to what they were at the time before the shortage. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, why did the wackerberries of the world not take off? Why did we well, not see the growth in category? You know, it's it's hard for me to say because um, you, you know I don't it. understand you know. the. <laughs> you know. I may I may say my opinion yes. um, as an onlooker, <laughs> as a participant. <laughs> yeah. um, I believe it comes to the concept of self service. Um, where uh, the experience for us at the time with our product offering, um, having uh, serving uh, menu sizes, um, price points, everything is – the fun side of it was not there with serving yourself and putting your toppings on. Because you looked vulnerable way, for a bit. You, did, you, did pa- look, you did look a little vulnerable because this was funky. Yeah, it was new. This was, was disruptive. Yeah, it was. And we felt it. It did affect us. It did affect us this, um, five, eight years ago. It affected us. Um, we – we lost space in malls. Um, uh, it affected our expansion and the rates of expansion. Um, the landlords are pushing us for um, self-service concept. They wanted these interesting, fun, um, you know, brands in the malls. But at the end of the day, you know, we stuck to our guns. We believe our product, your, our customer leaves with, and we all as consumers, you leave with an emotion, a feeling of you feel like you overspent or you feel like you've spent well. And we want our customers to feel um, when they leave the store, they must just enjoy their product. They, don't, they mustn't feel cheated. Um, and the concern for us with the self-service concept was you serve, a, you, you'll swirl a tub, you, you have no control over that as a customer, you, you're just playing, you're having fun, your kids are serving, you leave there. And it's 50 rand a tub. You've put too many toppings on. You can't, can't scoop it out. You feel cheated. You feel no, no, bad. no, no. Hold on a second. You know? when, when, the, when the tub is <laughs> overflowing and the toppings are dropping on the floor, I'm afraid one feels as if one has had value. But, the, but for whatever reason, yeah. the South African consumers didn't buy into it. And um, what was so interesting is yeah. how debonairs grew the pizza category in South mm. Africa. I mean, mm. hundreds of mom and pop pizza shops. And mm. debonairs decided it was going to drive pizza as a category. And as a result, pizza... Mm has grown in South Africa substantially over the last 20 years mm. um, as, as a sharing concept. And I think Kevin probably thought mm. he could do the same thing mm. with, the, with the frozen yogurt market. Yeah. And it just didn't Yeah, I, I believe, yeah. You know, um, the, your customers, for us, I believe your customers who know what you're going to pay, you want to know what you're going to get. The South African market, most of the consumers that we target, they 
They don't want to leave their feeling they've had to spend 60 rand for a single tip. How does the economy affect you? Because not only do you have to deal with weather and seasons and milk supplies Mm. and competition for Mm. the disposal 36 rand or whatever it is that you're going to be charging for a scoop. Um, You want, you know, you, you're competing for, yeah. for, for, the, for the happiness quotient. Yeah. So we're in luxury goods, um, we're in service, we're in retail, um, we're in dairy, um, you know, agricultural sector as well. It, it's very hard. We're affected with the economy, retail, with the recession, we, uh, the VAT um, increases, fuel prices. Did that really have an impact? I mean, I look at it and I go, well, yeah. yeah, it's inconvenient in 1% and, you know, it doesn't break the bank. But did it have an impact in um, your in your LSM, which is an LSM that shouldn't have felt it yeah, as much? You know, at the time, so much happened. So much was going on last year with the VAT increases and um, the recession, um, consumer spending declined. So I think it's hard to say it was because of the VAT um, increase, um, but we definitely did see an impact on um, our um, business. Um, through last year, but still po- um, ended on positive growth, um, which was good. And I think for us as a brand and moving over onto our 30 years and to to survive that, um, you know, to work through um, the hard times and we've truly stood the test of time. Yeah, so. Do you see economic cycles? I mean, do you see sentiment coming through in the amount of money that people are prepared to spend? Um, we'll definitely see it in our sales. Yes, our stores are affected. Um, we would... Um, uh, we find quite interestingly um, our pack products at your retail outlets like your pick and pays and checkers and so forth we'll see an increase there in the take home product versus the soft serve at store level so I think a lot of people would turn to doing their shopping um, at the grocer around the corner and go home and they'll do their sit down dinner around the table people I mean SAB yeah. noticed that particularly in Eastern Europe um, where people would go in and they would go out for a, for a beer and they'd buy the leading brand and they would nurse the leading brand beer and they would hold the label out and they would show that they were drinking because they could afford it and then on the way home uh, they would go and buy the two litre beer because they would sell those big PET bottles they would sell cheaper beer in those PET bottles and people would hoik those home and then have a proper drink at home Um, and and it's a very similar dynamic though where you want to be seen and you want to feel good and you want the treat and you want the experience and so therefore you will spend but maybe less often um, and you will take yep. your entertainment home. And you. you can manage your servings. You can buy one litre tub and you can share it between the whole family. And you know? a- again, I suppose it comes out of the what's happened to the movie industry as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, now there are five billion entertainment options uh, pushed through a box the size of a, a side mm-hmm. plate um, in, your, in your TV unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to go to the movies anymore. So that mm-hmm. dynamic also is changing society. Yeah. I mean, do you see a longevity in this business of, of out of home treats? In, a, um, in an environment where landlords are mean, um, where they, where you don't, where you don't, you don't see rentals going backward anytime soon, and where consumers generally yeah. are going to be cashed up for longer. Look, there's definitely opportunity there. Um, you know, we can see it now. Um, even coming out of last year, um, there's been an increase in um, the consumer spending, uh, the food counts through the malls, and um, absolutely, you know, there's still that emotional buy, there's still the impulse buy. 
Um, so I do believe there's opportunity there. And opportunity for innovation, opportunity for flavors, opportunity because yeah. I, I looked at your menus this morning and they, they feel sort of quite standard, that you've sort of standardized them over the years. Um, uh, there's yes. no chuckleberry smash uh, <laughs> and that sort of well, stuff. Well, we're quite limited with the machines that we have in store. So uh, we have uh, rotational flavors. Um, and, yeah, our marketing strategy and our plan is to um, present and to show innovation with our soft serve oh. flavors, supporting that with our um, promotional campaigns and marketing campaigns, um, and bringing those flavors at least every three, four months will bring something new to our customers to experience. What's the most popular flavor? English toffee. Really? <laughs> yes. In a yogurt. There's yes. no respect anymore. <laughs> what about plain original? Good old fashioned. How big are you going to be five years from now? So five years is from that now. Is that up to you? Is it up to the shake? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it's up to me. <laughs> um, I've been tasked. And um, five years from now, our brand will uh, will continue to grow. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, but how um, much? I mean, sixty stores five five years from now. Can you double? Um, I don't. I don't see us in South Africa doubling with the type of product that we have, um, with the rate that we open stores as well. Um, but it's also the return on investment. It's not a get rich quick. Um, you know, it's but my time. sense of it is the money isn't made in in the customer facing retail stores. I mean, that's lovely and. I'm sure you make decent money out of it, mm. but is it 20% of the overall Marcel's business if you look at all of the white labeling and, every, and, and the retail? Yeah, the, the, well, it's 40% of our 40. total business mm. and 60% would be packed products, including our brand, mm. um, the Marcel's brand. But yeah. that's where the, that seems to be the opportunity, the African growth opportunity in faster growing economies than well, our own. Yeah, absolutely. You know, And we need to look at international markets. You know, um, We are busy with expansion plans. We've run trials in, um, you know, international markets Where? because you were about to tell me Where? I, want, I know i don't want to let the cats out the bag one, right one now country, one country one country <laughs> whisper i know come on, i'm on radio <laughs> the next time hmm? no we um there'll never be a next Charles. time she's so secretive as long as you don't do, do what famous brands did with steers um and yes it's it, um yeah, some of these yeah. experiments do go badly yeah. wrong the managing director at marcel's nicole westwick thank you very much for coming teaching us thank about you. frozen yogurt thank you <laughs>